As we go to the Word this morning, as you know, we are actually, we finished up our series in Psalm uh, 27 last week, and so I want to bring an encouraging word to you for today. And so I want to give you something I think will really be a blessing to you, will really help you in the days to come. Uh, this past week I read about a farmer, and he was driving along the road with a load of fertilizer. And a little boy was out front playing in front of his house, as little boys do, and uh, he's curious, and so he, he gets to the farmer and he says, what have you got in your truck? And the farmer said, fertilizer. And the little boy said, well, what are you going to do with it? And the farmer said, put it on strawberries. And the little boy said, you ought to live here. We put sugar and cream on ours. <laughs> I couldn't help but chuckle. Uh, on the misunderstanding between the farmer and the little boy who thought he was going to put fertilizer on his strawberries that he's going to eat. But you know what? I'm afraid a lot of people today are busy putting fertilizer rather than sugar and cream on their strawberries. What I mean by that is a lot of people are taking something really good and they're ruining it. You say, well, preacher, what do you mean by this? Where are you going with this? I'm not following you. Well, what I'm trying to say is that we're living in some really, really difficult days right now, and we have a choice between manure and sugar and cream. We have a choice to make between manure and sugar and cream. We can enjoy a good gift and make it even better, or we can take a good gift and ruin it. And I'm speaking about the day that God has given us. Every day that God gives us. Now, I know we're dealing with a pandemic and unrest, and violence, and lawlessness, and protesting, and all that's going on in our world. Uh, we're all uncertain in many regards concerning the future. People are worried about school returning in the fall. They say the governor, our governor is going to make an announcement sometime this week about this. People are talking about that. People are worried about child care, finances, their jobs. Some are trying to keep their home from being repossessed. And on top of that, we have an election coming. We've got a dust storm that's coming. There, there's flying spiders coming next month. That's a joke, by the way. Some people are getting nervous. But what I'm saying is over and over and over again, we're getting bad news. It seems everywhere we turn, bad news. And we're bombarded with decisions we've never had to make before. And even church is different. You know, no matter what was going on in the world during the week, Sunday, you would come in on a Sunday morning, you kind of knew what you would expect, and you were looking forward to that. But even now, it's different. I mean, you can't, you're a Baptist, you can't even sit on the back row. I mean, things are bad right now. <laughs> a lot of us took a lot of things for granted. 
And now those things are either gone or they're changed, some of them forever. And so some are struggling through each day. I'm concerned. I was telling someone in between the service, after the first service, I'm concerned about people's mental well-being and their emotional well-being and all that we're dealing with. And so I was praying about what to preach on today. And we do have a series planned probably in a couple of weeks. We're going to begin a new series, God willing. But in between time, I was praying about what to preach about. And I was praying this past week, an old familiar verse came to mind. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized this is a verse that we need, especially right now. In fact, we need this truth. I'm going to share with you today. We need it every day of our life. And what I'm going to do today is give you a motto, a motto for you to hang on to in these days in which we're living. And the motto is based on Scripture. I designed it to be easily remembered. And it will hopefully lead you to have more sugar and cream than manure in the days in which we're living. So what I want to do is I want to give you the motto. And then I want to give you the verses based upon. And then we're going to talk about these things together today. So I hope you're ready. I hope you'll write this down. Uh, it's easy to remember. You take it with you. I hope you'll use it. But here's the motto. It's not long. Easy to remember. Today, I choose joy. Today, I choose joy. And I told you it's based upon Scripture. Familiar verse in Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, I want to talk about this motto, and I want to take the first word. first word is simply today. Today. Now, today, here we are. We can't go back to yesterday. As much as we might like to, as much as we want to go back and, and change some things or adjust some things or prepare for some things, yesterday is gone. It's done. And furthermore, we can't go to tomorrow. In fact, the Bible says we're not even to boast about tomorrow because we do not know what a day it may bring forth. And so what we have is today. And we have this day in front of us. It was made by the Lord. That's what the verse says. This is the day the Lord has made. And that's true every day. You could write on your calendar every day, this is the day God made. Because the Lord made the day. And if He's the Creator of the day, then that reminds us that He is the Creator. That is, He is powerful. And he is in absolute and total control because he made this day. And not only did he make this day, he allowed us to live in this day. He gave us this day. It's a precious gift from his hand. Now, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. I have not said anything you did not already know concerning this motto and concerning this verse. But what I'm finding is we forget. And we forget often. And we need to be reminded. And so let me just remind you some very simple things today. God made this day and God made you and he put you together. God providentially chose you to be alive on this day, June 28, 2020. Now, for some of us, just that last part of what I just said, 2020 is hard to believe. We can't even fathom that we're living in 2020. My boys love to tell me that I was born in the 1900s. And that didn't used to sound bad, but now it sounds bad. You were born in the 1900s. And now here we are in the 20s. 2020. 
And so far, it hasn't been a roaring 20, has it? It's been roaring, but not in a good way. And so what do we do? I want to remind you, you're not here by accident. You are here by appointment. You didn't choose this day. You didn't create this day. And you cannot control this day. This day was made by the Lord. He made it. He owns it. And He's in charge of it. Now imagine if you chose to remind yourself of that every single day. Imagine if you got up in the morning or even opened your eyes in the morning and you talk to yourself. Maybe you go to the bathroom, you look in the mirror and you say, Self, you just, just have to talk to yourself. Self, God is in control of today. I mean, imagine how that would change your outlook and your mindset. Imagine how that would set you up for the day to remind yourself that God is in control of today. That puts things in a whole different light. It brings a fresh perspective. And you said, self, God's in control today. And if that's true, then that means I am not in control. I am not in control. And doesn't that bring a load of relief? Aren't you glad that we were not tasked with being in control of the day? I love what one writer said. Rainy days are loved by farmers. Snowy days are loved by children who can stay home from school. Storms are loved by mystery fanatics. Gray days are loved by romantics. Sunny days are loved by picnickers. Warm days are loved by beachgoers. And cool days are loved by those who stroll. All days have their purposes under heaven. Enjoy the day the Lord has made. I'm so glad it's not up to me to decide what a day is going to be like. God's in control. And God has given us this day, providentially. God has placed us in this day. And so I want to encourage all of us that in this day that God has made, to choose joy. Today, I choose joy. Now we see the rejoicing part in the second part of the verse, this is the day the Lord has made. We will what? Rejoice and be glad in it. Now, notice the absolute resolve of which the psalmist writes here. There's no question. It's a statement of fact. It's a choice. It's a decision. It's an act of the will. We will rejoice. Now, how can he say that? How can we say that? How can we say at the beginning of a day, this is the day the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it because we don't know what a day is going to bring. I mean, in all honesty, a day may bring sorrow. It may bring sadness, loss, pain, tears. So how can we say we will rejoice when we don't know what the day is going to be like? I mean, it would be all right if we had like a, a, a memo from heaven that kind of outlined the day and we look at the day and it's going to be a good day and, and the person I don't like at work is not going to be out sick today and uh, I'm going to get my favorite lunch today. That place is finally open and then I'm going to, I'm going to do this and that. And it's going to be a good day and I'm going to rejoice in it. But do you all get memos from heaven like that? I don't. I don't. I, I, I have to live my life one moment at a time. Is it the way y'all live y'alls? I mean, we just take day by day, moment by moment. We don't know what's coming. So how can we say at the beginning of a day, this is the day the Lord has made. Well, we're okay with that part. But the next part, we will rejoice and be glad. And we don't know what's going to happen. Because it might be a terrible, rotten, awful day in many regards. How can we rejoice in it? Well, beloved, we can rejoice because of this. We know who holds the day and we know who holds us. 
We know who holds today and we know who holds us. It goes back to the first part of the verse. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. In. Remember, joy and happiness are not the same thing. Happiness depends on what happens. And so at times in your life, you're happy because great things are happening. And at times in your life, you're sad because sad things are happening. And can I just remind you, all that's good and right and good. But joy is different. Happiness depends upon what happens. Joy depends upon Jesus. Joy is found in Jesus. We can choose to be glad and rejoice in a day if we know the Lord. Why? Because we can rejoice in the Lord. Here's another familiar verse to some. Philippians 4.4. It says rejoice in the Lord when? What does it say? Always. And sometimes we don't get it. So I love the way the Lord made sure we got this. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice the Lord in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Our joy must be found in Jesus. And can I just remind you that He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So no matter what's going on in my world, in my life, no matter what's going on in your world, in your life, the truth of the matter is we can always find joy in Jesus, always rejoice in Jesus, because He's the same and He's always good and He's always perfect. And we can rejoice in Him. Now it's interesting to note where our verse is found. You know it's in Psalm 118, verse 24. And by the way, someone pointed out it's easy to remember that reference because it's verse 24 and there are 24 hours in a day. This is the day the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and be glad in. But uh, I don't know if you noticed, but you know verse 24 comes after verse 23. Did y'all know that? And verse 23 comes after verse 23. That's just the way it works. It's kind of neat, isn't it? But what's interesting is we take the psalm, we're only looking at verse 24 uh, particularly, but if you back up and look at the two verses right before, there's some glorious words that I want to point out to you. Look at verses 22 and 23. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes than our verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, you think about that verse. Well, what is he talking about? A cornerstone? You know, that's an important stone right there in the building. And a chief cornerstone. And the builders rejected it. Well, who is, do you remember from Scripture, who is the chief cornerstone? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus is referred to as the cornerstone. He applied it to himself in Matthew 21, Mark 12, Luke 20. Peter and Paul talked about him being the chief cornerstone. They applied to Jesus in Acts 4, Ephesians 2, and 1 Peter 2. And the picture, of course, is the fact that his people rejected him. They crucified the Savior, but he's become the chief cornerstone. Why? Because he arose victorious. He's been resurrected. He's alive forevermore. He's going to be exalted. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The resurrection of Jesus Christ changed everything. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ, think about that day and it makes today better because He's still alive and He's still in charge. And every day we can rejoice in the Lord and rejoice in Jesus. We can choose to rejoice regardless of what's going on in our life. And by doing so, we can be glad in today. Now, sometimes 
on those horrible days. I mean, you know the horrible days. Uh, younger ones in here, it's picture day at school. And you look in the mirror and a zit has appeared overnight. It's not going to be a good day. I mean, things are going downhill already. Uh, you, you get to work, the others here, and you get a note, the boss wants to talk with you. You hope it's good news, but you're not sure. Uh, it just goes on and on. You have horrible days. You, you, you go out to leave and the, the tire is flat. You go to the doctor and the doctor sits down with a very serious look on his face and begins to talk to you about something that is not something you wanted to hear. You're, you're fearful about many, many things. You're concerned about many things. It's a horrible day. And, and, and on those horrible days, on those rough days, when things are not going well, and sometimes it's minor, and sometimes it's major. Sometimes, depending on where we are in life, it doesn't take much to upset our, our apple cart. Sometimes something very small can just finally be the thing that sets us off, because there's so many of those things. On those days, beloved, it's going to take a change of focus in order to be able to rejoice on that kind of day. We're going to, have to look away from the horrible things, the troubles, the trials, the problems that are going on in our life, and we're going to have to look to Jesus and choose joy. That's why it's worded that way. Today, I choose joy. It doesn't usually just automatically happen. Now, maybe on a vacation day, maybe when everything's going well, but most of the time, it's going to be a choice we make because there's so much that could rob us of our joy. So today, I choose in the power of the Holy Spirit, God helping me. I can't do it on my own, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, God helping me, I'm going to choose joy today. Warren Wiersbe has some very interesting things to say about this verse. He mentioned that the Jews sang this psalm, Psalm 118. Remember, this is their hymn book. They sang this at Passover. And he said because of the time of the singing of it, Jesus also sang this song before he was crucified. Can you imagine saying on your way to Calvary, on your way to Golgotha, on your way to be crucified, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. He said it's another way of saying this, not my will, but thy will be done. He said if Jesus sang this song, we ought to sing it too. But he says, you're going to need to heed this by faith. He said the psalmist was going through battles and difficulties, yet he was able to say, if God put this day together, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it, even though I may not see the blessing now. Eventually, by faith, I'll be able to say, it all worked together for good, so I'll say it now. Remember Romans 8:28, And we know that God works all things together for good to those who belong to Him, to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And so even those rotten days, even those days we just want to go crawl back under the covers, just want to pull them up and just hide for a while, God can even take those, and He does. He works those things together for good for us. And so what I'm trying to say is really this motto and this verse is the language of faith. Starting out your day like this is, is stating a statement of faith. Today, I choose joy. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It means that no matter what comes, God helping me, 
I'm going to choose joy. In other words, tears may be filling my eyes. My heart might be breaking. But again, I'm going to have joy in my life. Why? Because of the Lord. It kind of reminds me what it talks about in the Scripture about us having a peace that passes all understanding. And I've been with families and been with people that are going through some horrible, horrible things. Very sad things. And yet when you're with a believer and God is ministering, giving grace, and in the midst of the worst days of their life, to see a deep-seated peace in their life. It passes all understanding. It's not human uh, wisdom. It's not brought about by human ingenuity. It's the Spirit of God working in that person's life and bringing a peace that passes all understanding and even a deep abiding joy in the midst. Not happiness because there's sadness involved, but there's a joy there because of Jesus. And this is all about faith. But notice, beloved, it's a choice that we have to make on a daily basis. Did you notice the psalmist says, this is the day the Lord has made? He didn't say this is the year the Lord has made, although that's true. Or this is the decade that God has made, although that's true too. He said this is the day the Lord has made. See, we can't handle much more in a day. Give us this day our daily break. Sufficient today are the things we're going to deal with. And so every day I've got to make this choice. It's, it's not just maybe a one time. It's every day. And can I just be even more honest with you? I think actually it's even many times throughout the day. It's really a moment by moment thing. Because you know how the day goes. Things are going great for a while. And then something goes wrong. And at that moment, you have to make the decision again by faith. God helping you. Okay, this is going on, but today I choose joy. Because I'm afraid so many people so many people in our world, I see them on social media, I see them everywhere, they're growing angry, they're growing bitter, they're, 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 they're growing just, it's a miserable way to live, the way a lot of people are living. And yes, there's a lot of things going, a lot of things that could upset us, a lot of things that are wrong, a lot of things that are just, just, we, just we just weep over them. But in the midst of that, we don't want to grow bitter and despondent and, and despair. We want to choose joy in Jesus. And it's a step of faith. Remembering that He is in control because He made the day. And so I can choose to rejoice and be glad today because He made it. So today, I choose joy. I choose sugar and cream over manure. Robert J. Morgan tells a story in his devotional from this verse. And i got to warn you, this is not a pleasant story. Um, but it's a helpful story, so I'm going to share it anyway. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. Um, you'll already heard it by then. Um, for many years, the bleached skull of James Guthrie looked down on the crowds at Netherbow Port. And that bleached skull horrified a particular young boy who sometimes just could not help glancing up at his father's head. You see, Guthrie's head and hands had been nailed there by Scottish authorities following his execution. Now, let me tell you the story. In life, Guthrie had been unflappable and self-possessed, 
having a knack for stilling arguments and making peace. He taught philosophy at uh, the University of St. Andrews. He preached the, the gospel in the Scottish town of Stirling. But here's what happened. He believed that Christ and not the Scottish king should rule the church. And as you might imagine, that did not set well with the Scottish king. And he was eventually arrested and he was uh, put forth on charges of treason. Well, at his trial, Guthrie, remember he's standing, the Scottish king, he's being accused of treason. He assured the crown that while he respected its civil authority, he didn't believe the king should control church affairs. And all of us would say, right on Guthrie. Except the king didn't say, right on Guthrie. In fact, he was sentenced to die. And on the day of his execution, which was June the 1st, 1661, he rose for worship at 4 a.m. About 4 a.m. he got up to worship. And he was as unflappable as ever. Now remember, this is his execution day. And on that day, Psalm 118, where we are today, was on his mind. And someone asked him how he felt. And I want you to put yourself in his shoes for a moment. You're about to be executed because you believe that Christ is the head of the church. You've done nothing wrong against the crown, but you just stand upon the word of God and you're about to be executed. Somebody says, how are you doing? How would you answer that? Well, here's how James Guthrie answered it. Because you know how I would answer it? I have no idea. I'm, I shudder to think how I would answer it. But here's what he said. Here's what he said. Here are his words. I'm going to quote him. Very well. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. End quote. Well, his five-year-old son was brought to him. He took the boy on his knee. He imparted some final expressions of fatherly love and counsel. And then Guthrie was hanged. And they affixed his head and his hands at Netherbow Port where his son would look up and see the skull of his father. But on the day of his execution, he said, Today, I choose joy. Now, I don't know what you're going through today. But I know you're going through some things, a lot of you. The truth of the matter is, as I look out upon our nation, our nation in particular, and I see what's happening, and our heart is broken and our heart is grieved about much of this, I realize that as a believer, as a Christian who believes this book from cover to cover, and God has called me to preach this book and not water it down, not compromise it, not change it, but preach it. I have a feeling, beloved, at the rate at which we're going in our own nation, that we as believers are going to face some very difficult days. And there are going to be some very difficult decisions that we're going to have to make. And they're not going to be light decisions. And furthermore, should we make the right decisions, 
And the right decision is always to obey God rather than man. Should we make the right decision, God helping us? There's going to be a day where we may face some very serious consequences. I don't know what the time frame's going to look like. I don't know when. But the handwriting's on the wall in many regards. And in the midst of whatever it is that's coming in our lives, and this is not to discourage you. My whole goal today is to encourage you, but it's also to be honest with you. We have to remember that the early church was birthed in a very difficult time under Roman oppression. Persecution has been a part of Christianity from the very beginning. We have to remember that our Savior and Lord was crucified on a Roman cross. And the servant is not above the master. What I'm saying to you is that we have a choice to make in life. And one of the things that is on my own heart and perhaps upon yours, I want to finish well. And I don't want to live in bitterness or anger or despondency or despair. And so I'm challenging all of us, and we're going to talk more about maybe some of these things in a coming series, and you pray with me about that because I'm, I'm working on that, about living in days like we're living in. But we're going to have to choose joy over and over again. Because some days it doesn't just come naturally. In fact, probably we could say it this way, most days it doesn't come naturally. It's a choice. It's a step of faith. And so I'm challenging you and I'm challenging myself. In the midst of all that we're going through and all that we might go through. Because right now we've got enough to deal with. But in all that we're going through, let's choose joy. Because Jesus is still good. Always has been, always will be. He's never changed. He'll never fail us. Never leave us. Never forsake us. I think about the first martyr. There's Stephen. Remember, they're stoning him. And they're stoning him. And you think about how gruesome. I mean, taking stones and throwing them at you until you die. And it talks about he's there. He's just preached that sermon. And, and he sees the Lord Jesus standing to receive him unto himself. It's a reminder we are never alone. Jesus is with us. Today, I choose joy. What about you? Amen. Amen. I like it. Let me encourage you to remember every day. This is the day the Lord has made. If you don't know that verse, memorize it. We will rejoice. And be glad of it. Today, I choose joy. Let's pray together. Father, our hearts are burdened today. We need you. We need your help. We know that we need the Holy Spirit working in our life because He brings about that fruit, joy in our life. 
And so, Father, I pray that you would help us in your power, in your wisdom, in your grace to choose joy today and again tomorrow and the next day. And on our best days and on our worst days, to choose joy. And when everything's going for us, to choose joy. When everything's going against us, to choose joy. Because we can rejoice in the Lord always. And again, you tell us to rejoice. So I pray that you would help us to leave today rejoicing. Knowing that we're not alone. We're not left to our own devices. We have Jesus. And so help us, Lord, to lean hard upon you. Teach us and guide us in these days in which we're living. Help us to learn the lessons you're teaching us. Help us to stand for the faith. Help us to finish well. And help us to do it with joy. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The great thing about it is we can always come to the Lord no matter what's going on in our life. He's always there. I want to sing about that in closing. Just as I am, I come broken, wounded, empty, and He fills us. Let's stand together and sing Just as I am.
time. Take this motto with you. Use it. Remember it. Memorize that verse. Live in joy. Not bitterness, not anger, not despair. Joy. Joy in Jesus.